Yo, what's going on? It's your boy, Big Wavy Roy Johnson here. Hello, everyone. This is the interview queen, Alicia Too. This is the infamous Cameron Solis. This is the professional Nathan Cruz. This is Veggie. This is the Callahan Death Machine in the draw and the face of Impact Wrestling, Sammy Callahan. The one and only shot with Thunder Willie Mack. This is Shreddy Breck, a.k.a. Mr. Clangin' and Bangin'. And you're listening to... You are listening to... You are listening to... Broken But Glorious. Broken But Glorious. Broken But Glorious. Yeah. Hello, welcome to Turnchuckle on BBGWrestling.com. I'm Chris Lapp. I'm delighted to be joined by Sunset Skip. But coast to coast like butter and toast. <laughs> Pan-Arabian champion, Sunset Skip. How are you, Chris? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you, you do your own intro block lesson. <laughs> <laughs> I've done it a few times, you know. To, hey, yeah. and, uh, oh. You want to get you want to get yourself over, so you got to kind of say it sometimes yourself. <laughs> I know my own shit. <laughs> <clears throat> oh, my, my co-host wants to congratulate you on your graphic in the your pin tweet. He says so it's amazing. Ah, uh, thank you. Yeah, that's, days. that's one that I, I, I really really like that when um when I had that made um. Yeah. yeah, that's something I really, really thought was quite cool. I did look into getting it on a on a t shirt, but it would have cost a small fortune since it's so many <laughs> colours. Yeah. yeah, but but yeah, yeah I think that that graphic's really good for kind of adding the backstory to uh, to what Sunset Skip and who Sunset Skip is. So yeah, I really, really like that. <laughs> so you surviving lockdown well? Yes, not bad at all. Yeah, it's um, you know, but family and uh, and the day job are keeping me sane as well. So it's. Uh, it's not too bad, so I, I think I'm fairly fortunate in that sense. Where uh, I've still got an awful lot to do. Yeah, are you working from home or is it? Uh, in and out. I'm uh, in, in the real world. I'm a key worker, so uh, I'm, I'm going in and out okay. of work on on like a, a rotor and skeleton staff basis. So, ah, cool. You've been binging any series you want to recommend to anyone? Uh, oh yeah, a few. Afterlife was amazing. Uh, uh, that was kind of on I've everyone's seen, recommendation. Ah, uh, it's. Yeah. I've I've never watched something that one minute is is having you ro- absolutely cry with laughter and then the next you're, you're sobbing because it's just broken your heart. It goes from hilarious to heartbreaking in in one scene to the next. This yeah. I've, I've never been a big Ricky Gervais fan, but this is just oh absolutely amazing. Just how it just kind of plays with your emotions and kind of gets you into you get. I think because it is so kind of brutal. Uh, yeah. in in one one scene, and then the next, it's like I said, it's hysterical. So it's 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 absolutely brilliant. Yeah, something I'd recommend to absolutely anyone. That's uh, yeah, probably the best thing I've seen in quite some time. Yeah, it's on my it's on my list of things to watch. <laughs> oh, definitely, definitely. Uh, yeah, we, like, got, get, we, we just we we just got Dis- we just got Disney Plus. So we've watched tons of Disney and Pixar. Yes, just yeah, kids, kids entertain. <laughs> yeah, Mandalorian's <laughs> really good. I've, 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 <laughs> I keep meaning to see that. Yeah, I keep seeing that that's on there, and that's uh, that's on the list to watch. It's, but... it's, it's, only, it's only eight minutes long, and between half an hour and forty minutes each episode. So it's, uh, oh, it's really? Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. I'll move that up the queue. <laughs> <laughs> what about wrestling wise, we've been watching much. Yeah, yeah. Always, always try and watch as as much as I can. You know, the reason we're all into it is because we're fans. So. Yeah. And uh, uh, what have I been watching? I watched, um, somebody sent me a link of, uh, well, actually, uh, you've, you've probably seen the Twitter account of Rick Rude selling Atomic Drops. So that's kind yes. of sent me down a, a ravishing Rick Rude wormhole. Not that I'd need any um, any prompting to do so. Uh, no. Rick Rude is, <laughs> him and Ricky Steamboat from Beach Blast 92, whenever I talk to anyone about wrestling or is like, oh, well, you know, anyone I've kind of helped coach or train or 
and generally just talking about what's good. Beach Blast 92, Steamboat and Rude had a 30-minute Ironman match, and I've wow. watched that match so many times, I could probably recite it bit for bit. It's, it's just my absolute <laughs> favorite match. So good. Just, yeah, two absolute masters. So, and, you know, Rick Rude, uh, funny enough, you know, you see him selling the atomic drop and all the gifts that go around on Twitter. He takes a big rib breaker from Ricky Steamboat about 35 Ooh, seconds yeah. into the match. And he's just selling it like he's been yeah, absolutely murdered. <laughs> and this is, uh, it's so good. Yeah, just, uh, I'd, I'd recommend anybody who wants to watch a good match, give yourself 30 minutes and just watch that because it's, you're not going to see much better than it ever. Yeah, we've gone back and we've started watching Raw from the beginning. So, oh, fantastic! Like, yeah, was so it '93? It started. Yeah, yeah, we're up to SummerSlam '94. So, Wowza. I think that is only forty minutes long. We can't do it now. I'll watch every episode no, three hours, three hour forty minutes monolith. long. I was like, this year's WrestleMania. It was, <laughs> it was nice of it. It was back in like three-hour bite-sized chunks rather than a seven-hour war yeah. of attrition that it's been recently. I could see if they kept it over two nights, they might slowly build it up, and each day it'll be like five or six hours long. You're like, no, I can't do that. Just keep it to two, yeah. two, two and a half hours, three hours. Yeah, yeah. it was great. <laughs> I mean, I can see them doing it. They're in, they take over whatever city they're in for the entire weekend, and, you know, if even mm. if they do, I know they've got like the whole weekend of things, perhaps if they I can see them stretching it to a week, perhaps, you know, where they've got, the takeover on a Friday, WrestleMania Part One Saturday, Part Two Sunday. The Hall of Fame gets moved to a Thursday. They have whatever, whatever, whatever every night of the week between Raw. Monday and Sunday. Yeah, Raw on the Monday, and then the, the following Raw in in the same city as the uh, WrestleMania. But I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I could see that happening. I think a lot of people would be quite happy for it, and it would give the same value for money, but just be less less arduous to watch. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so I'm guessing this um, time off is kind of a blessing in disguise, give you time to invest in your body oh, and niggling injuries, and then even like evaluate what's gone well this year, what hasn't gone so well, yeah. little tweaks to your character oh, and stuff. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's always kind of good to do that. And I've, I've, I've always had like loads of different things on the uh, on the back burner. It could be like little videos that I'm making or little highlight packages or different promo ideas. And I've had them kind of half-finished or, you know, in, in concept I've got a, a notebook in my kit bag which is just full of different ideas so I've got I've got quite a few things like in in the pipeline that I've like half finished I'm waiting for a little bit of footage to come in now where whereas before I was like oh I really wish I had time to do this that and the other because I'm not not particularly <laughs> yeah. au fait with like editing or anything like that so I've kind of I, I <laughs> treated myself to a new laptop because I needed one uh to, to work from home so I thought I'll oh, yeah, see if I can like learn to edit stuff so I've started to get a few kind of very very basic things kind of produced so it's it's fun because i'm kind of putting like i said some of the stuff that i wish to have uh that kind yeah. of adds to the character a lot more rather than just oh look here's a gift from a match which you know i could quickly knock up in in five minutes now i can like oh look here's a promo which explains this here's something else which kind of adds a bit more to that so yeah i've got some got some fun stuff that i've you know, actually had time to make or start to make or, you know, get off the ground rather than just like, oh, I really wish I'd, I had time to do that. Now I have, you know, a lot more time than I ever had. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's start at the beginning. So who, who your favourite wrestler growing up? Just give away your age now. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to give away my age an awful lot. Uh, my favourite growing up, I mean, it varied. Like, I was a huge Hulkamaniac when I was, when I was little. And then mm. as I got as I got more into it, like the guy that kind of drew me into wrestling was uh, Brian Pillman. 
Um, I, I, oh, I'd wow. seen wrestling. Yeah, I'd, I'd seen wrestling before. I'd been aware of it, and I've got such a vivid memory of my first first time I watched wrestling. I went, "This is awesome!" And it was uh, Pillman and Liger from oh, I want to say Super Brawl '92, and they were just you know two pioneering high flyers, just flipping and flopping and all this amazing stuff. It's saying flipping and flopping like it's kind of a derogatory thing. It's not. It's you know this state of the art high flying stuff. Whereas before, I'd seen like the tail end of world of sport and i'd seen the wwf style you know which was you know very much your big guys kind of yes. having that 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 kind of slugging it out wwf style and then pillman and liger doing this stuff which is just completely alien to anything i'd seen and it was still this this wrestling stuff that i was starting to get the bug for so yeah pillman was was somebody that just stood out to me from from then on in yeah, I had similar, but as, as with uh, Macho Man, I was, yeah. I was yeah. much more of a fan of the smaller guys than I was the big brutes knocking the hell out of each other. Yeah. <laughs> I see, I, I, see so, as much as kind of Pillman was like the guy that kind of drew me in, it was the characters kind of, once like the likes of Pillman made me go, wow, this is amazing, the characters kind of, you know, had me hook, line and sinker, because like I said, I was a huge Hogan fan, huge Warrior fan, and you know, they uh, Piper and Macho Man as well. You know, these guys who are just larger than life, like part superhero, part kind of who knows what. Like for me, at you know, what was I like mm. nine, ten when I first started seeing all of this sort of stuff? So I was completely blown away by by all of it, really. And it was just you know started out with just the the athleticism, and then the characters kind of pulled me in. So, so what actually prompted you to don the tights and get into the ring? Um, I'd always liked physical sports. I played rugby, I wouldn't say at much of a level, but I enjoyed rugby when I was a kid. I did martial arts for a long, long time. I did variations of karate and taekwondo and all sorts of stuff. So I, I, I just think, you know, I've been a wrestling fan since I was nine, ten, And then at, I think it was about 19. I thought, oh, you know, what, let's, let's give this a crack. I, I just kind of stopped doing a, doing a taekwondo and thought, let's, let's give this a whirl. Let's go for something new. Yeah, definitely. So was Brian Pillman or Hulk Hogan who you wanted to like mold your style around when you started training? Um, no, it was like around that sort of time. Um, around that sort of time, this would be early two thousands. Uh, guys, like Chris. I mean, I, I wanted Chris Jericho when I first started out. Uh, you know, I, I had some early matches on, on the holiday camps where I was announced as Rich Jericho because I had like the, the oh, Jericho wow. style tights <laughs> and the kick pads. And yeah, I mean, I, I, I was very unashamedly a huge nod to, uh, to Chris Jericho when, when I first kind of, uh, started out. Um, but yeah, that, that was, uh, like what kind of it, it molded the star. And I've, I've always been like a big, bigger guy. I'm uh, like six feet and way too much about 280 in a minute but you know even when I started I was obviously 6'3 and about 220 so I was a lot yes. bigger than others so I still kind of implemented a bit more power stuff I wanted to do moonsaults and whatnot but I never had the uh, coordination so I just you know gave people stalling suplexes and uh, brain busters and power bombs and <laughs> stuck with the, the big guy stuff <laughs> cool so take us back to your first match what do you remember about it in hindsight oh, it was important. any good did you enjoy no. it you back <laughs> oh, it's 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 fairly infamous in uh in, in circles. It was it was appalling. It was uh it was from you know uh, one of the big it's from uh, All Star Wrestling. Um, this and I was wrestling. I'm named uh, Rich and Famous. Then I wrestled as Rich and Famous from like 2003 to 2000, 
seventeen, and um, oh, it was oh, right. it was awful. I, I, uh, it was absolutely dreadful. Uh, I, it was, uh, I don't know. I just kind of, I, I think I was too eager. Didn't really know what I was doing just yet. Didn't kind of have any clue, and I just got kind of eaten up and uh, uh, spat out. So um, it was a huge learning process, but it didn't kind of deter me. I just knew that I had to improve and kind of do so as quickly as I could. So. It was, yeah, really kind of time to sort myself out from on in. So from, it was just a case of, okay, you've got a lot of work to do, so kind of get get to it. How has the characters evolved from, like you said, your Richard Jericho, who's mm. eventually famous, to Sunset Skip? So, so. Um, I think it's kind of progressed with with uh, time as well, because you know, like, a lot of the early stuff when I wrestled as Richard Famous, it was like around the Paris Hilton, It Girl sort of, uh, era, you know, the ah. early two thousands. So that was very much the kind of the mold that I was looking at, and then that kind of progressed as I got older. And then I, I started working more primarily as as a, as a good guy. Uh, I just found that it, it worked better with the style I worked. I enjoyed it more, and I got more more bookings that way from it. And uh, yeah, I, I kind of went from being just you know this obnoxious bratty knob basically to uh just kind of becoming a bit of a straight out hero style wrestler which i did um for you know the vast majority from i'd say about 2007 2017 um probably 2007 2015 i was doing that and then i I, I moved over to the middle east for a few years and then came back and wanted to kind of change things up so uh did the sunset skip thing where i was kind of more homage to what i grew up watching the you know, the Hulk Hogan, the uh, Dusty Rhodes and uh, stuff like yeah, that. I was so. going to ask if uh, Sunset Skip was kind of like a homage to the larger-in-life 80s, oh, colourful costume, style. So, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, that's, like I said, I, I kind of, I got hooked by the Brian Pillman kind of, you know, the, the state-of-the-art guys, but it was the Hogans and the the Pipers and the Warriors and Big Boss Mans who kind of just... <laughs> You know, they were the ones who I was just absolutely mad for when I was watching it as a kid. You know, I got hooked by different things, but they were the ones that kept kept the interest going. And this is, you know, as I'm getting a bit older, it's me kind of paying, like I said, a bit of homage to, to what I grew up and loved uh, watching when I grew up. So is, there, do you, is the Pan-Arabian title a physical title? Or is it, do you no, it's a, or? it's a physical title that I try and defend as much as possible. I think the last one was... Uh, January last year against Cy Gregory, uh, we had a little mini series of matches that culminated in a Texas death match. And uh, I want it back. It's something where uh, I, I do want to kind of get it to be more active and more kind of essential to, not necessarily essential, just kind of a bigger part of the, the wider character. But so many promotions have got so many championships, you know, it's, it, you can see why some, some people are a bit reluctant to have yet another title match that's not of their brand on their show. So it is something that I do I do enjoy. I mean, it's very much kind of modelled on uh, Larry Sweeney's Texarkana Championship from uh, from back yes. in the day as well. So that's that's again the inspiration I got from that. Uh, I thought that's that's a fun little fun little thing to kind of chuck into the um, into the character, I suppose. So if you did you did the eighties gimmick, you could do lots of like time limit draws so you never lose it and dusty finishes yeah, and it's like absolutely and I'm, I'm super keen I've, I've kind of invested in a few props for gimmick matches i had a a, a guy who's uh, uh just coming through at ubw uh he works on the name jimbo he uh made a 
uh, like leather straps for like uh, Caribbean strap matches. And I've got like a coal yeah. miner's glove, <laughs> which, you know, like a leather glove with like metal plates on it. So I want to kind of resurrect some of the more forgotten gimmick matches that have Sunset Skip because it's, I think it's something new, something will make uh, myself and the character stand out. So hopefully it'll be, it'll be something that I'll kind of uh, get a few more of us once we're kind of post, uh, post Corona. That sounds, that sounds, sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> so I, I do want to make my way down to the uh, UBW events, but yeah, there's there's so many like strong characters there, and even coming through the Square One Academy, that uh, Hugo Bloom, he uh, is is really kind of putting a lot of work into producing. Um, I uh, myself and a guy by the name of Cruz, we were the guys who set up the initial UBW Academy back oh, wow. in uh, 2011, and then I think about 2012 ish. Uh, Ash came on board. He's uh, Ash was one of the guys that trained me back in the day, um, and then it's just kind of grown and grown from there. And uh, yeah, there's, there's it's mm. really really talented guys come through there. Uh, Crowley, uh, for example, is a really really talented guy. Um, yes, I think who else? Are some of the main um, well, most of the UVW roster have come through there. Uh, Ricky Calvay is super talented as well, and Spike Valentine. There, those two guys, are, I think they. If we didn't kind of go into lockdown, there too, where uh, Ricky Calvay and Spike Valentine, especially too, I just think yeah, they just need that little bit of opportunity to to really kind of break through. Except by super talented guys, super cool guys as well. So, yo, this is the Nightmare Fuel Hustle Malone, and you're listening to Broken but Glorious. Some of your wrestling friends and fans have sent some questions. <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Kyle Kingsley uh, ah, brilliant. wants me to ask you, where, where were you found? Where was I found? Well, uh, somewhere between the uh, the Middle East and England. Uh, it all depends like where where uh, where you look <laughs> for, the, for the crash landing site. That's where Sunset Skip was found. But maybe even a little bit of the, the southern United States, brother. Oh, I find Sunset Skip hashtag going around for a while. Yes. Yeah, I've still kind of uh, done it. Cause I, I, uh, the initial way I tried to kind of do the character, I got uh, quite a few wrestlers and different guys and girls to do like a little tall tale of Sunset Skip, like an urban legend sort of thing. Um, yes. You know, I, I wanted it to be like the Paul Bunyan, the, um, the Chuck Norris fact of, of wrestling. So, and there's been, oh, been yeah, some maybe. good ones, and that was the original video. And I'm, I'm, that's, you know, I was saying earlier about different things. That's something I'm. Uh, compiling and editing some of the uh, newer ones as well now from kind of different guys on the scene as the first wave it was different people and they've left, left wrestling and whatnot so um yeah so that that's going to be something i'm going to put out in the next next couple of weeks hopefully just waiting for uh um get a couple more that uh i'm waiting on so there'll be some good ones to kind of put out for like the sunset skip uh urban legends yeah i'm trying to remember some of them so they've got like um you beat you beast hulk hogan and Doc Winkle in a triple threat. You had, That's it. Um, you have you've held one more or one less NWA championship than Ric Flair. And one less, one less. Rose yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, another another good one was um, wrestled on all six continents. Um, uh, what was it? Um, oh crikey, there was a. Uh... So something about Fitz Von Eric as well. Was it? That's it. Yeah, I think yeah. Uh, I taught. I was the only person to outdraw the Von Erics in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Haley Roberts asks, ah, yes. uh, "What indie company would you like to wrestle for, or if you has already, what is your favourite?" Oh, um, 
Oh, crikey. I've, oh man, there's so many. Like, I, 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 I'd wrestle absolutely anywhere, but um, I've absolutely loved appearing for good wrestling. I think the, the whole vibe there fits the Sunset Skip character there as well, especially the mm-hmm. kind of more drug-addled 80s Michael Hayes Freebird elements of the character. Um, yes, I, I, that, that, that really worked well. There was a, 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 um, a bit where uh, I had a cocaine in the bag, so I had some some very talented guys in the ring with me. Uh, it was Kyle Fletcher, Spike Trevay, uh, a few others, uh, oh, wow. Charles and uh, CJ Carter. It was a big, uh, it was the greatest scrambo match, and you know, Big Skip needed a little uh, little pick me up, so pulled some suspicious <laughs> white powder out of the fanny pack, and Trevay took it. Made the mistake of lobbing a big, big handful in Skip's face, and then uh, everyone got served up some bionic elbows. So, uh, um, yeah, good. <laughs> I kind of go on a tangent there, but um, good somewhere that I absolutely love. And then, I mean, Attack Wrestling, I absolutely love their their product as well. And then it's just kind of yes. continuing in in UBW and Sacrifice, where I'm kind of you know as as regular as possible there. So it's yeah, any, I mean you know anywhere that will have me. And uh, just enjoying where I am as well. It's uh, yeah, enjoy the ride and <laughs> see where it takes me. Cool. You'll have to make your way to my local promotions of Vessel Island. Yes, I'd love to. Yeah, I know um, uh, Warren Banks and Hustle and guys like that head up there quite a lot, and they're they're super yes. talented guys. So um, it'd be great to kind of yeah. uh, head up there and, and do some stuff with them. I've had a, I've been lucky enough to have a few matches with uh, with Warren Banks, who's just so so good, and Hustle's incredible yes. as well. Just such a creative mind and stuff and, back, yeah. oh yeah I, I, I interviewed I interviewed him the other week he was such, such a funny person to talk to so interesting oh, and Warren Max is the is one of is one of the current number one contenders they've got about four oh brilliant he won the Rumble yeah so no, he's, he's, he's he, he, he beats Lucas Steele for the championship and then got ooh. cashed in on straight away by Dan oh, nice. so he held the championship for about two minutes oh no way yeah Always kind of that, that thing. Just, uh, I, I remember actually on something like that years ago, uh, I think it was in ECW's dying days. Tommy Dreamer had been obviously, you know, uh, been a huge mainstay in ECW, but had never held the belt. And I think he beat, I want to say he beat Raven for it. And then straight after, just incredible goaded Tommy Dreamer into defending the belt. And I think what was yes, really, really yes. cool about that angle was that Dreamer never physically held the belt, which I just think was. You know the ultimate kind of heartbreak for for a good guy who'd been chasing and chasing and chasing to kind of have, you know, your beat one of your nemesis only to have your, your, your next one kind of uh, screw you out of it. I think that was absolutely brilliant. I think because it was in the dying days of ECW, I think it's something that didn't quite get uh, as well, much it, kind of precedence. It was lit. I'm sure, it was like the twentieth anniversary of that recently in the last week or two. So it was literally the like the. Yeah, you're, you're yeah. probably right, actually. Yeah, Christy, it's 2020. That's a depressing. Yeah, <laughs> but that's something that I'm amazed more indie promotions and even, you know, the bigger ones haven't done that. But I suppose it, it's very difficult to build it because Dreamer and Raven at that point had had five, six years of them kind of hate, you know, love hate relationship built up, whatever, whatever, whatever. And just incredible have been a thorn in Tommy Dreamer's side in, in terms of, you know, what they were putting out for about three years as well. So it's, you know, real mm. kind of long. And I, you know, probably a lot of it came about from uh, from circumstances because you're like, right, who have we got? What do we need to do? But it was a, a you know a little promotional tactic that I just thought was amazing, and I'd love to see, you know, and so many other promotions could use it so well because it's just a shit bag thing for any heel to do. Yes, definitely. <laughs> uh, she also asks, will you ever stop wearing fringe? <laughs> <laughs> 
will never, never. Even, even on my days off, <laughs> everything is just tassels, fringe, and animal print all the way through. You, know, there's, there's, you can never have too much animal print in your wardrobe. <laughs> As you said, because I love it. Yeah. Oh, no, so everyone, everyone loves to stay forever. <laughs> <laughs> no, never ever uh, going away from the fringe. <laughs> Jeffrey Roos. Yes. Uh, oh. says, <laughs> Good one, says, hey, I've got some questions. I've got some questions for Big Skip. Um, so what? <laughs> I dread to think what they are. What, <laughs> what is the stupidest thing you've ever seen in wrestling? Oh, so so many things. Um, oh, this is an opportunity to really kind of potentially get myself in trouble. But uh, I don't know. People not wearing a uh, not wearing tassels. That's probably the stupidest thing. Everyone should wear tassels. Going back to Hayley's <laughs> question: If you're not wearing tassels, you're not you're not trying hard enough. So I think I need tassels <laughs> on my boots. So I think the stupid thing is not wearing tassels. So I'll, uh, I'll say that there because it's quite a diplomatic answer. <laughs> um, who is the most over-pushed wrestler in the scene today? <laughs> oh, oh. Some, some would say Sunset Skip because he's had the uh, the Pan-Arabian Championship for about 35 years. Uh, I, think, I think he originally beat one of the Sheiks. I think it was... Uh, Sheikh Rashid in uh, in Saudi Arabia in uh, I think what was it thirty five yes. years ago so that'll be sixty five in uh, in Riyadh there was a huge crowd of about ninety seven thousand and that was just what was turned away I think it, I think went into five digits in the arena so uh, yeah the Sunset gives the most over pushed wrestler <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, your favorite lie you've ever told a promoter oh, no, oh favorite lie I've ever told or favorite uh, lie promoters ever told me favorite lie. Oh, oh, oh favourite lie told to you by promoter. Sorry, oh, uh, checks in the post. Uh, I'll get you next time. <laughs> um, yeah, you'll definitely get the bell. Or uh, yeah, they're they're all my favourites. Uh, they're, they're they're all ones I've heard quite a lot. Um, but I don't know, like flipping it on its head. Favourite lie I've told a promoter. I'm, I'm five minutes away when I'm not. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll be on time when I won't be. No, I'm, I'm pretty reliable. <laughs> Uh, Hustle Malone, um, if you could choose three Brit wrestling opponents for the Sunset Skip retirement tour, who would you pick? Oh, oh, three for the retirement tour. Oh man, that's tough. Um, oh man, I'd say one that I've always wanted to wrestle because he's he is the best heavyweight in Europe is Rampage yeah. Brown. Yes. Yeah, you know, but bar bar none, and there are some incredible heavy, heavyweight wrestlers in the country. Luke Steele, Justin Reese, Shaw Samuels, but I just think Rampage is and has been so so incredible for the longest time. And he's somebody who deserves to have been a, a huge star, and is just yeah an incredible incredible talent. Um, but yeah, Rampage would be kind of up there. Um, oh, it's tough as well because there's there's so many people that. You look at it and you think, God damn, you're, you're, you're so good. And, you know, I'd be able to kind of, you think, what would I be able to kind of bring to a match with you? What would I gain from you and stuff like that? I mean, another guy that I kind of, I love watching is Dan Maloney. Uh, just, you know, physical, yes. ass kicking, just such a good wrestler. Um, you know, for, for me watching wrestling, he's the sort of guy where nowadays I'm like, I am hook, line, and sinker into what you're doing. I, I believe everything you're doing. Similar sort of thing to Rampage, really. It's almost like he's the younger version of Rampage, like building his his legacy, if you want to say. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, oh, God. Uh, could I not give 303 instead of just three? Uh, 
but I mean, just quick ones off the top of my head. Uh, Warren Banks again, Hustle Malone again, uh, CJ Carter's another one. Uh, he's absolutely awesome. CJ's so, so good. Uh, Kingsley's amazing as well. Um, God, yeah, so so many different guys that I look around the scene and I think I'd love to love to do stuff with you. Uh, San, uh, Federale Santos as well from the Anti-Spun Police, or he's just been kicked out. So yes. I think, <laughs> yeah, I, I could go on forever. There's, there's so many. Basically, I'll, I'll take on anyone. It's an open challenge, open invitation for the Pan-Arabian Championship. If they want it, they can, uh, you know, name a time and a place and I'll turn up in tassels. <laughs> uh, Mr. Charles Crowley uh, says, you've been going for years. What's next for you? What's next? Uh, let's keep going. I hope it's uh, you know I've both uh, yeah I think this this kind of rest given me a bit of time to kind of get in better shape because I have uh, you know getting a bit older. I'm kind of few few nagging injuries like like we mentioned earlier on. So it's just rest and getting fitter and then kind of having that last hurrah. Like Hustle said, it was the almost going into the is it the retirement tour? Is it just kind of the the next phase? So it's just keeping going, you know, keep moving on, keep going coast to coast, like butter and toast. <laughs> <laughs> so what were some of the things you had planned before lockdown came in? Um, I had, um, I don't know if I can say too much, but I had some fun bookings planned. There was um, a, a new promotion opening up where they wanted me to be the host. Uh, I was really, really looking forward to mm. that's been, been pushed back. So hopefully if, and as, and when they're doing that, uh, the guy running is a super, super cool guy. Um, and he came to me and said, you know, I really, really would love to have a host with your kind of dynamicness and presence. And Jerry Bakewell was too expensive. So how much would you do it for? So, uh, <laughs> but um, uh, that, that was something that I'm really, really looking forward to doing. So hopefully that'll, and I know that'll be up and running again. But um, yeah, it's it was just kind of, there was some fun stuff kind of happening. And, you know, I'll always, always kind of, approach everything with as much uh, enjoyment as possible because you know we all go into this because we're fans we all go into it because we love it so it doesn't yes. matter what the match is or where it is I'll, I'll enjoy it and hopefully you know even now I'll, I'll learn something from it or can pass something on to a newer wrestler so yeah uh in terms of what was coming up it was just kind of more of the same ticking ticking on and that's kind of what i'm looking to do moving forwards cool. um he says have you ever considered mixing things up and joining for charles Crowley's carnival Ah, always, always, you know, I, uh, you know, Sunset Skips kind of crossed the dark side a few times and as long as I can still wear tassels, I'd, uh, I'd be more than happy to join the carnival. I think, uh, it'd be quite good. He's, he's got some lost souls there and maybe he could have a, a bit of a horse enforcer behind him kind of keeping those lost souls in order. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> That'd be something for, for Mr. Crowley and I to discuss at uh, a future date. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> I like the I like the video of you um, powered power driving power, driving him. For the yes, today. <laughs> yeah. That, again, like I was saying, that's something I'm, I'm kind of I, I used to like uh, love watching about you know ten fifteen years ago the top ten moves of you know at the time it was everyone who was hot on the independence so Super Dragon mm. Paul London and Loki and guys like that so I've I've made the top ten moves of Sunset Skip so I had it all kind of partitioned into you know, eight second uh, long clips because no one wants to watch anything that's longer than two minutes. So it was like, right, let's get a no. two minute kind of video <laughs> knocked up and ready. Yeah, I mean, we've got no attention span these days. So that's, uh, that's ready in the can to be uh, to be put out on, on Sunday because I was thinking I'll do 10 moves on the 10th. That seems, I don't know, yeah. in my head, it seemed to make, make a bit of sense. 10 on 10. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm the Breaker, Kyle Kingsley, and you're listening to Broken But Glorious. Uh, so, uh, I've got my last question. So, uh, oh yes, please. If you were if you're a promoter for a day, promoting a show, which I've called Coast to Coast. Um, so, um, using wrestlers you've ever worked with, trained with, wrestlers are associated to you in some way. Um, if I give Ooh. you a match, um, you tell me which wrestlers will be in it. And if you want to, yeah, absolutely. Little stories behind each wrestler, if you want. So, yeah, definitely. So, um, so who would be in your opening contest to get the crowd excited? Ooh, uh, Johnny Storm and RJ Sin. Oh yes, two the two incredible guys, two of the best in the country. Johnny, even now after twenty plus years, is still amazing. RJ's on on that level as well. Um, he's so good. RJ's just always missed that opportunity. You know, he had the TNA thing, and then that didn't quite pan out. Yes. And just yeah, RJ's an amazing guy. He's a good friend out of the ring as well. And Johnny Storm's Johnny Storm. You know, he's it's it's to me it's criminal that he doesn't have a full time contract in AEW or NXT UK because there's so much. He, he and Jody, uh, there's so much both of them could add to it. So actually, I've changed the opener to Johnny Storm, Jody Fleisch, and RJ Singh. Uh, that would be the opening contest. <laughs> three of the best in the country, three of the best cruiserweight-style wrestlers in the country, and if that doesn't get a crowd up, then the crowd can all go home and everyone who enjoys wrestling can stay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw, I saw Johnny Storm and Jody Fleisch versus LAX. At a, oh, amazing. Is in, that the Ring of Honor? Impact, ver- impact. It, was, it, was, it was Impact versus Brit Rest at the Russell Media Con in Manchester. Oh, okay. Was that was amazing? Two I, I have no idea. Yeah, 2018. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I said, Johnny and Jody have been standard bearers for British wrestling for 20 years, and they're not not slowing down. They're getting better with time. I mean, I've, I've said said it to people when I've been even in the in the car with Johnny and on on you know backstage with uh, guys like in like Johnny Storm and Jody Fleisch in third gear are still better than 95 percent of people in, <laughs> in top gear. You know, it's, it's yes. amazing. They are just Absolutely, so good, so good, and and like I said, RJ yeah, Singh is, is in that bracket too. There's a lot of the British guys that night, and I was like, "How you impact not signing them?" Just based on this performance, <laughs> just, yeah, so, absolutely. Uh, Alana, Alana Austin was against uh, Sue Young as well. That was a brilliant match. Oh, fantastic! Yeah, Alana's got an incredible kind of image, and she's she's brilliant too as well. Yeah, it was Jimmy Havoc versus Sammy Callahan in a death match, and it was like, oh yeah, you see where you see where Sammy and Jimmy Havoc is now on AEW. Impact yeah. about him two years ago. So. Yeah, it's crazy, <laughs> isn't it? Um, what about your comedy match? Oh, um, Gene Money's the first one that, that kind of pops into to mind straight away. Yes. He's like a comedy match is one of the hardest things I think to do because. I think there's very few wrestlers that do comedy well and don't stray into idiot. And yes, like they make an idiot of themselves, the match, whatever, whatever, whatever. Because you've still got to be not, you know, this hard ass, you know, tough guy because you are the the comedy match. But looking at guys who've done it so well, like Santino and Colt Cabana, they they are wrestlers, but they are comedic wrestlers. It's not, I, I don't know. I think it's almost like the order is wrestler then comedy rather than a lot of people go comedy without a punchline because it needs to have a punchline or it needs to have something. Um, and G Money nails that. You know, he's so good. Uh, do, you, do you know why he wears tape over his nipples? It's just because uh, it's funny. 
I hear that they are super, super sensitive. Uh, whereas uh. Santa skips nipples and cut diamonds, I hear that uh, G Money's nipples are they're they're the weakest part of his body. So much like other wrestlers uh. take take their wrists, uh. you know, to make sure they kind of keep everything strong. I think just keep the nipples as strong as possible. That's that's just a rumor I've heard though. Yeah, I've asked a couple of people that, and maybe he's near the answer. So. Yeah, no, that's that's just what I've seen. Yeah. You know, when I've seen him warming up, it's you see him kind of very gingerly put the tape over his nipples, <laughs> and then, he's then he's ready to go straight after. Um, <laughs> but um, in terms of opponent, I'd say like Santos, uh, Federale Santos is you know again another incredible character wrestler. Um, yeah. it's... Yeah, I'd say anti-fun police and Gene Mont. I don't know, he does like the, uh, he's part of the anti-fun police. And obviously, Session Moth Martinez and another incredible, uh, comedy slash character wrestler. So, yes, that would be, that would be kind of the one that will pop into my head, uh, for the, for the comedy match. Uh, but your women's title match? Ooh, oh God, that's another tough one. Cause there's so many incredible, talented girls out there. Bobby Tyler's one who pops into, uh, mine straight away. She's incredible with all of the stuff in Japan. Um, she started out training at the UW school under myself, Ash and Cruz back in the day as well. I can't take any credit for how good she's got though. We got her <laughs> the, the very basics and then she yes. went out there and absolutely killed it. So she's, she's awesome. Um, and then God, like you said, Lana Austin's super good as well. Um, there's the kind of girls bubbling under who are amazing as well. Jade's awesome. There's, Oh crap. I'm trying to think, uh, Giselle Shaw. She's super uh, incredible. I've seen her good and, uh, saw her match at, Rev Pro, I think, with um, is it Aaliyah James? She's another one who's incredible. So, yeah, crikey, just a, a big kind of multi-girl, incredible scramble match. And it's, yeah, it's tough to kind of na- nail it down if uh, <laughs> it needs to be a singles match. Because that's, you know, I, I mean, I remember when I started out, it was the women's wrestling was very much, there, there weren't very many that were any good. It was probably Sweet Soraya and a couple of others. Yeah. Uh, you know, Soraya was, and still, I mean, she's how how could I forget her in that list as well? She was amazing then, still is incredible now. Just she brings a real kind of raw, gritty, just intensity to everything. She's so good. Um, but yeah, it's it's come on leaps and bounds. Where you know, even even looking at, at the WWE as well, the fact that um, someone like Charlotte Flair to me is in the same bracket as AJ Styles, whereas before you've always people would have thought women's wrestling was not as good whereas now it's you know they are just as good women i said they it sounds like it's a derogatory term but <laughs> women's wrestling is as good as men's wrestling there's no argument against it for like i said for the best in the world you've got an aj styles and you've got a, a charlotte flair and they are neck and neck in terms of a, you know a whole kind of package and a mm. talent and everything so that's that's incredible that's even in the last Four years. I've been following British wrestling quite a lot. They used to have the token Brit women's match in the middle of the card. That's it. Usually, usually in multi women affair, but now the headline. Yeah, yeah, and, and for the men belts. That's it. Uh, Millie McKenzie as well. Not Charlie Evans. You know, uh, um, at a good show <laughs> a while back. Uh, Charlie Evans and Chris Brooks had a fucking incredible death match. You know, it's the fact that it's you know as I'm thinking, it's it's as hard for me to think of. Uh, women's re- women's wrestlers who are as incredible because there's so many as as it is like the the male wrestlers you know and they are mm. going back to like a British wrestling kind of uh, bracket you know you've got somebody as amazing as Chris Brooks you've got a Charlie Evans who's on that sort of level like uh, mm. again at good I saw um, I think it was one of the first shows after I moved back to England it was um, Ricky Shane Page against uh, Millie McKenzie 
and that match was absolutely bloody amazing. Like Ricky Shane Page yes. is so good as well, and Millie McKenzie. That was the first time I'd seen her. I was just absolutely blown away by that match. Just brilliant like the story and how it kind of because millie's got her whole suplex deal and then you know obviously ricky's the big kind of cocky bastard heel and then he got kind of <laughs> chopped down and then so so good you know it was there was probably not many male wrestlers in like millie's size and weight category could do it as well as, as she did so no yeah amazing amazing but what about uh a hardcore extreme rules type match oh um uh, can I take guys who are under contract or is it just uh, free agents? But anybody you've worked with or trained with? Uh, I, I mean, I've been on... Oh, God. Ooh, that's tough. I think like the first two that pop into mind would be Ricky Shane Page and uh, Jimmy Havoc. I, I, wow. <laughs> the only time I ever had uh, any interaction in ring with, with Jimmy, this is, I think, about ooh, 12, 13 years ago, we were wrestling in a, a show in a field and uh yes <laughs> yes uh, as as you know we're british wrestling staples in the uh, mid to late 2000s and uh, i've had like a, a you know training seminar with ricky shane page so i'll kind of claim that as, as my interactions with them both but yeah that that match would be absolutely incredible in terms of so you know more, just more of a, a death match <laughs> yeah yeah why not go go big or go home don't mess around with just kind of yeah if you're gonna do it do it properly and have two of the best do it as well so. <laughs> Um, your tag team title match. Ooh, uh, God. Um, Anti Fun Police. They're they're incredible. Uh, always. Um, oh God. Bone Brothers. They're two guys that are really kind of coming through now. I think that there'll be big things for them in the next next year or two. They've got amazing looks, and their stuff's just getting crisper and crisper and crisper, and they're working. Uh, super hard under Mike Bird's training, and Mike's an awesome guy. Uh, oh God, who would be the tag match? Um, if I didn't have RJ in the main in the uh, opener, it'd be uh, probably Banker Knights and Bone Brothers would be something that'd be quite fun. Um, yeah, that's that's the first thing that pops into mind. <laughs> yeah, take, take RJ out the front and start with Jody versus. Yeah, Jody versus Johnny, and then everyone's got to follow that. I like yeah. the other. <laughs> <laughs> then you've got your main title, the main, the main title of the promotion. Uh, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I, I wouldn't be that guy and put myself in the title match. I'd be <laughs> quite happy kind of directing traffic. Yeah. Um, but, oh, God. I mean, in terms of top guys that I think that I've seen and kind of been around, I know... CJ Carter's so good as well. He'd be somebody where he could either kind of sub in and out of the super, you know, cruiserweight match, or he'd be somebody that I know could deliver in a main event match. Uh, Charles Crowley's another one. Hustle Malone, Warren Banks. Um, but one, what actually one match that I think would be real, real good would be uh, uh, Charles Crowley and Cara Noir would be something oh, I don't wow. think anyone's done yet. And just knowing how big the the characters are and how yeah, how theatrical the build-up could be. I think that would be a, a great, great kind of main event matchup. Oh, that'd be amazing. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah. I one of them people I hope WWE don't sign anytime soon because I'd love his work in progress. Yeah, I don't, I don't see him going there just yet. I think he's just, yeah, I think this, this act is almost too strong and it's not a, not an act that a WWE audience would take too straight away. So I think it needs no. that 
chance to kind of be, I mean, it's so good. You know, he's, he's somebody that, uh, I, I genuinely enjoy watching. So, uh, yeah, I think Carl, uh, Carl Noir and Crowley would be my, my, uh, main marquee match. And, uh, yeah, it'd be a hell of a match. A uh, hell of a, hell of a show, I think. So. Yeah, that's amazing, Carl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll book that and, uh, I'll, I'll, I don't know. I'll, uh, make, <laughs> hopefully make a lot of money on that as well. And then, uh, then when it comes to show two, I'll, uh, I'll think what else I can do. <laughs> <laughs> right, so this is where I'd usually ask uh, where can people see you in the near future? But, so have you got anything planned for your, your fans? Like, uh, well, you said you've got your top 10 coming out on Sunday. Yeah, I'm, I'm putting out like different videos on the uh, Sunset Skip Facebook page and Twitter and Instagram. I'm trying to be a lot more proactive on, on social media. Um, uh, all of my social media tags are at Find Sunset Skip. Uh, and on a Thursday night, I do a, a wrestling quiz on the on Facebook Live as well. So that's oh. probably the, the first place that people can see me. But uh, yeah. yeah, otherwise, it is just kind of have a look at the social media and see what, what I'm kind of putting out. And uh, hopefully, it'll be stuff that kind of tickles people's uh, people's fancy and people's interest. I've seen so, so many people putting good stuff out at the minute. Uh, Rocky Mack, in particular, he's putting out uh, the... Um, one question with so it's just I think it's, it's tough for people to put out good good content so uh, mm. I'm just hoping to put out as much as I can and hoping that some of it sticks to the wall so to speak all right, <laughs> all right I'll put all the links in the description to all your social media so yes oh, what, time, I... what time do you quiz on it oh sorry uh, no sorry it's uh, 8.15 on a Thursday night so after the clap that's it after the clap yeah I did Initially, do it at quarter to eight, and then I realised that I was uh, kind of <laughs> going over the uh, the clap. Something that was a bit more important than me asking <laughs> questions about about Hulk Hogan. So, uh... <laughs> yeah. Anything else you want to promote? Uh, there's one one other thing. Like uh, with UBW, we do a lot of work with a charity called uh, Spectrum, who work for children with things like uh, autistic, uh, who are on the autistic spectrum and various other needs. So, yes. just give a, a little shout out to uh, Spectrum.org.uk, who uh, yeah, we're doing a lot of a lot of work for at the minute. We're kind of supporting a lot of their vulnerable young people uh, at the minute uh, through uh, work myself, uh, UBW, and then of course Justin and Alex, who are the two main guys in Spectrum. So, yeah, give a shout out to them and people to visit them. And if if you have got kind of a few few pennies at the minute if you can just kind of give a donation to them because it's an incredible cause run by amazing people so oh amazing i'll put i'll put a link, link to them in the description oh, as well. that'd be that'd be amazing awesome. thank you for that yeah much appreciated all right cool so I've, I've really enjoyed speaking today i'd love to have you on again in the future when everything's back absolutely to normal <laughs> yes 100 i'll actually have uh, a little bit more to kind of talk about as well and hopefully i'll, I'll put on that incredible card and I can, I can tell you how how great it went and how we're we're kind of uh, booking out <laughs> booking out Wembley Arena the week after. But uh, you know we can't we can but dream. 